What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the 414 Deli. It's your boy, Cisco, as always, with your boy, Ryan. Yo, what it do, manager special? Manager special. We got some special guests. We do for the manager manager special special guests. We got some special guests. We got uh got our boy Andrew here with his two with his two boys. We got Declan and we got Grant. Uh their first basically both of them had their first experience at Lambo today. Uh Declan had been to Lambo before, but he was three, so we don't count that. Uh you gotta be old enough to hold a beverage of some sort. <laughs> For that to count, so they both had their first uh, experience at Lambo today. Both got a victory. I mean, that's a pretty good experience. First time getting a dub. I've been to three games this year. This was my first dub, so uh, I think that's a pretty that's a pretty good stat line for them. Yeah, for sure, that's pretty awesome. I think my first time at Lambo was a win too, so that's pretty cool. But I was 18 years old before yeah, my dad like, took. I was thinking my first time was like 23, but we did beat the Rams on a Monday night. That was pretty cool. Ray Rice said some shit about Lambo, but they lost, so I was like, "Fuck you, bro." Ray Rice. Yeah, Ray for the Ray Rams. Rice, man. He was on the Ravens. On the Ravens. The Ravens. On the Ravens. You said Ravens. the Rams. It's a no, I said the Ravens, bro. Ravens. Did I say Rams? <laughs> Yeah, oh I shit! I had a couple busies. I had a couple busies. <laughs> what? A couple too many. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Yeah. Busy is not a sponsor. Although if they want to sponsor, they're not a sponsor yet. Hop on, hop on. So, you got a question for the boys? Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna start with, because Declan, you may remember three a little bit. I'm gonna start with Grant. So Grant, first time at Lambeau Field. What were your thoughts? What are your thoughts, bud? Get closer. I was really hungry. You were hungry. <laughs> All right. So how was okay? I'll, how was the crowd? How'd you, how'd you like the crowd? How was the the atmosphere? My head hurt afterwards. Your head hurt. So it was loud. Yes. <laughs> okay. So all in all, did you have fun? Did you have fun? Yes. Are you a bigger Packer fan today? Than you were yesterday. No. What? No. Grant's not a Packer fan. Oh, so man. you have this clear. Grant is a Vikings fan for some reason. Oh, wow. oh the truth comes <laughs> out. Loser. Okay. What a loser. Uh, all right. Just for the record, his dad just called him a loser. <laughs> so, all right, Grant. Hey, I appreciate you answering my questions. Declan, you're up. You ready? Yeah. What do you think of Lambeau Field? Um, I didn't realize how tall it was. Like how high up it goes. So yeah, we our seats were we were in this section seven hundred and something forty eight. Yeah, yeah, that's the new the, one. Yeah, in the newer set. Which I, I'm gonna be honest, uh, not to take over your spot, that one real quick. I liked it better up there. I, the, I've heard newer. The bathrooms are newer. The the concessions were better. The seats were more the, comfortable. Uh, I heard the the view of the game is better too. I said my you dad said that. We yeah, got, you did. Like right behind the goalpost. So, Declan, you said you were high up there. Could you see the game pretty well? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Like so, what did you? Look. All right. So, give us your thirty-second synopsis of how the Green Bay Packers looked. How did we give look? us your give you give us your analysis? I, at least I think in the first half, um, I feel like Jordan Love couldn't get the like get rid of the ball fast enough. So I feel like we didn't do great. At least in like the first quarter or half, I feel like he couldn't get rid of the ball. Which did not turn out well. Second half? I think first half more. 
Any, no, any thoughts on the defense? What about the defense? Um, right, like I think it was third quarter. Um, they, um, the Chargers got real close to the defensive line, and then we just got the, um, we got a fumble. Fumble, yeah. When when Eckler fumbled. Yep, at the goal line. At the yeah. goal line. Which all right, so to I played su- against Eckler in fantasy today. To <laughs> sum it all up, Declan, on a scale of one to ten, how is the Lambo experience? Um, eight point five. Ah, boo this man! Get him out of here! <laughs> get, him out, get him out of here! The only right answer was eleven. Eight point five. He won't say that when he's. When he's in his twenties and has to pay for his own ticket, yeah. right? Hey, who who would you bring on here? Simon Cowell? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I got Colin Coward. Five, five. I got Colin Coward and Stephen A. Here. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> a bunch of dudes who have face paint on their on their head. Yeah, dude, they, they they have face paint yeah. on. I still uh, have mine on. Yeah. Um, Declan had half his face green, half the other fa- uh, other half yellow. Uh, Grant had go pack go and paint on his uh on his uh in his hair like where the faded part of his hair. <laughs> so these guys these guys were they were they were suited and booted man they were ready to go. I feel that like sounds this, awesome. Maybe maybe their uh, summary would have been different five minutes after the game than it is now. Yeah yeah for sure. But Grant hey, just wants to go eat dots pretzels <laughs> and Declan's getting shy. Although he was like. Super marketing the four one four deli at Lambo. Like everyone we crossed, he was like four one four deli. Check out the de- check out the dog. And I was like, I love it. No, I love you it, would, no, you would make friends with like the past like twenty eight people that you would see, and then yeah. I, I'd be like, well, if you like Cisco talking, just listen to the four one four deli. And they were like, oh, we don't like this guy. This guy's had too many dizzies. Well, I appreciate you you guys coming on the manager special. It was a it was an honor for uh, for us to have you. Yeah, appreciate you guys sticking around. You guys can go hang out now, and me and your me and your dad will finish. Peace out, gentlemen. Captain. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right, All right so let's now get into it. Drew. Do you want to ask right. Drew the You want to ask Drew the same question? Nah. What was your What was your Lambo experience? He also had busies. <laughs> so, busies. Yeah. we uh, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll just get right into it, right? I yeah, wanted to I mean, ask, I wanted to ask the boys, but it's kind of hard to give kind of analysis on individual players, right? When yeah, you're there, I, mean, I, think, I think when at ten and seven, and not like uh, at just well at ten and seven, but also like even with you guys, like when you're there, you don't see a lot of the stuff. You don't get the replays for the oh, most part. You don't yeah, get right. Yeah. So like. Three quarters of the game, or three quarters and eight minutes of the game, where Sean Gary was didn't have a stat. Yeah. Right. And then he gets a sack. Well, then he gets a, he recovers a fumble, and then he gets a sack to pretty much. I mean, you could say almost end the game, right? Because we did get the ball back, and Jordan Love was saying in his post game conference, uh, uh, yeah, that that was his biggest regret for the game is that they couldn't close it on offense, right? Yeah, which I would, so have like, loved, I would have loved to have seen that. Well, and what I did like about Matt LaFleur's presser was he took ownership of that last drive. He, you know, he called three running plays, but what he also did, and this is kind of cool behind the scenes, and I don't know if you guys saw this, was he gave Love the option to, to pass the ball on third down. 
but he really didn't give him enough time to make a decision. So Matt LaFleur was like, hey, that's on me. Like, I got to be more decisive as a coach. Jordan went with really what I told him to do. And yeah. the option I gave him wasn't really an option for uh, really a pseudo first year starter, right? Or a pseudo rookie. So he kind of took ownership of that because I was screaming from the house, pass the ball. Like, I know they have a timeout. <laughs> Yeah, but, dude, that's funny because me and Andrew said saying. the same thing. Yeah, go ahead. I'll let... No, no, that, that, that's what we were saying, especially that second down where they basically did nothing with it. You know, like it was like a throwaway down. We're like, we need at least one first down here, guys. What are you doing? You know, well, I, I would, I would personally, I would never want or pass it on second because you don't know if a guy will break it. And if he does break a first down, now you're not stopping the clock which then you have to run it on third down because you're not going to give them two timeouts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I don't mind the run on second, but when it's third and six and you can close the game out and you're playing yeah. the 31st ranked pass defense and Jordan Love is whatever he was, 30, 28 of 35 for 322, I think you got to give him, give him back the ball, right? Like if they have the yeah. number one mm-hmm. pass defense. I just they, figure they're more susceptible on second down throwing it than they would. It's true. Down, but. Yeah, you might catch them off guard, but you do throw an incompletion there. You're now looking at, mm-hmm. you know, a minute 50 with two timeouts and a third and eight. So, like, I understand. I, yeah, I could see what Andrew's saying. I just probably would never – I would just wouldn't run the play they ran. I wouldn't mind of like a – I wouldn't have minded a jet sweep to mm-hmm. like Jaden Reed to kind of just get, get him on the edge. Because when you run A.J. Dillon up the middle, if he gets tackled near the, the, the uh, line of scrimmage, that play only takes four seconds. Yeah. You get a guy on the edge, and you, uh, we've already said we don't want A.J. Dillon on the edge, but if you get a guy on the edge – the play's going to take six to 10 seconds, no matter what. Mm-hmm. The only thing you worry about is the guy running out of bounds. Cause he's a rookie. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'll tell you this. Jordan love looked the best he's ever looked as a green Bay Packer today. And I, I don't even think it was close. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think that the, the one thing that I like, and I say this all the time, I like the fast start. Like I like, you know what I mean? It, to me, it shows progression when we can, you know, score on opening drives or, you know what I mean? We're, we're, because this season, right, we have been, like, horrendous in the first half where we're not scoring points, we're not putting shit together, and then we're getting, like, we're getting started too late. And I think that when we get started early, which you, you could see in, in today's game, getting started early – and Jordan Love playing when he's not behind is a totally different person. It is playing when we are behind. And like when you have, a we did play a lot behind today, though. No, no, like, no. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, but not it, 17 and nothing. In these games that we that we lose by three or four, we go into the second half down 10, 13, yeah. 17 points. So like, it's a totally different game when he doesn't have to play that way. And I think you could say that for every quarterback, right? Like. Even Patrick Mahomes is a different quarterback when he comes into the second half down 17 than he is when they're up 10. You know what I mean? Like, and, 100%. And, that, that, I mean, that's just normal. Like, I mean, that's human, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, like, it, he, he looks – I feel like you get a better – like, you get a better look at what Jordan Love can give you in the situation where you're not coming in desperate in the second half. Yeah, like so we, didn't, I, we didn't come in desperate. We were able yep. to 
you can have a three and out and be like, okay, we're all right. Like, you know what I mean? We're not, we're not behind three scores. So with that, and Andrew might not, Drew might not feel the same way, but I'm going to throw the question to you, Drew, first. Is it bigger for you when they start fast or how Jordan Love ended today with how the season's gone? You know, I, I feel like I feel like they do better when they start fast, right? Because yep. otherwise they're too young. Like they need that mo- they le- they need that bump, right, to get them going. You know, if they start slow and like it's hard to get super excited when you're like putting up seven. You know what I mean? Like like seven for a for for the whole half. You know, yeah. Like that and no big plays. They're just kind of grinding. You know, like it's hard to get excited. So I feel like the energy changed in the second half, right? Like. We had a couple of big plays, right? Like Wicks even, uh, I mean, a couple of those like big passes to Wicks, like the energy changed completely in the second half, you know, in the stadium. So, What about you, Cisco? Is it is it bigger for you from a progression standpoint that they started fast today or that they ended the way they did? I think it's, it, to me, it's more about how you start. I think okay. that's what's showing me, that's showing me progression more than how you finish because, I mean, even in these, again, in these games that we've been in, that we come in down, like, yeah. Love is showing you, like, okay, yeah, we lose by three, we lose by four. Yeah, he throws an interception at the end of the game, but it's, like, dude, we're, we're, we're fucking desperate at that point. So, like, he's showing you progression that he can get us to a point where we're in the game. But when when we're in the game, when it's closer, like, say we're, we're leading – over down three points coming in the half and you're actually like to me that's still like you're in the game right three points is in the game yeah and you know what i mean to to be in that spot to me is bigger progression than it is how he's been trying to end the game because and and again you're alleviating pressure right because hey bro we're coming in like even if you're matt lafleur you're coming in you're only down three or you're down four not a big, not huge, not a big deal. But when you're down two, three possessions, that is, a, that's way more pressure, you know? And, yeah. and I get like, but he has shown us that in that pressure, he is able to, to, to generate drives for us. We just can't, you know, we haven't been in a position to pull it off and actually win, but, but that's a combination of things. There's variables because also then we're relying on the defense. Can they get us a stop at the end, even though, They've been getting us stops. We just haven't been able to put anything together offensively. So I think starting fast also alleviates pressure from your defense because now we're not going into half down 10, 10, 13, 17 points, 20 points. We're down three or we're up three. You know, the defense, that, I mean, that changes a whole lot of shit. You know what I mean? In terms of play calling, personnel use, like, and we're banged up, bro. We got a ton of fucking injuries, right? Jair can play. We traded Douglas. Stokes isn't playing in, in terms of our secondary. Um, Rudy Ford was out. Rudy Ford Savage was out. Savage is out. Savage is out. Quay played. He uh, did. He Gary played really played. good today. De- De- Devondre Campbell got hurt today. Like, he did. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it, even with all of that stuff, like, even with Jones going out, Wilson going out, uh, or, or, you know what I mean? That, was, that means then all you have was A.J. Dillon. You know, so, like, all that stuff, like, the, the, those are all variables, but the progression to me is how you start the game because that dictates how you can finish the game, in my opinion. Like no, you I, know, somebody might see it the opposite way, but I just think that if, if when you look at the 
outside of the Bears game, you know what I mean, where we looked really great, right? Like, that gave us, like, a wow, if we can fucking spank the Bears like this, we could probably beat a lot of teams like this, and it didn't work that way. So, like, when you take the rest of the season up until these last couple games, because even in the last game, we lost, but we were, you know, or, you know, we, we were able to generate uh, opening drive touchdown, which is something we haven't seen since the Saints game, I think you said. So uh, like, the second game of the year. So I think the, uh, the Falcons, Falcons game. game, Falcons. Yeah. Game. So like, you know what I mean? To me, that is more progression. It, it's seeing him generate drives and being able to finish things off early. It alleviates the pressure. And I think to me personally, that's more progression. And that's, that's what I'm more impressed with than I am. Like we could have lost this at this point in the, in, in the year. I'm like, we're going to lose games. <laughs> you know yeah, what I, mean? I don't, so if we somehow lost this game, I would still feel like, wow, we showed we showed Moxie, right? We showed poise and starting the way we started. We just didn't finish it, you know? And that's, to me, is a growing pain. So I think, I, I, first off, I'm going to stick to my guns with my original answer, even though both of you have very compelling arguments. Like I have thought about as you were talking and, and kind of uh, listening to both of you guys' points and I've flip-flopped in my head now twice because I was like, man, fuck, I should probably go with what they're saying because they're so compelling because you guys aren't wrong at all. But I think for a young team, while I do believe starting fast shows a lot of promise, I think with how this season has – the games have ended, right? And you make – your point is spot on, Cisco. If we're not down 17 going into half in some of these games, we don't need a miracle from Jordan Love on the last possession, right? Maybe yeah. maybe it happens like it happened today where he scores with four minutes left because he can take his time instead of rushing it and making a, possibly a bad decision or just a bad read or whatever, right? Or for, trying to force it to Christian Watson, which he didn't do once today. No. He did not do once today. So, like no. – he definitely but it, didn't, he didn't force a lot today. He forced one into someone, but they dropped it. And I was like, you have to catch that ball. It was going to be a hard catch, but he forced it into someone and, oh, he, and he dropped he, it. And I don't remember if it remember was, it might've been this. Wicks it, or it might've been Reed. It was Reed. I think it was, it was Reed on the, on the bottom of the screen. So I don't know where that was in relation to you guys. Right. So, cause I don't know, obviously um, how you guys are viewing it on for the, mm-hmm. for the TV screen, the Packers were on the bottom, the Packers sideline. I, I remember, I, I think this is, the it was a third play. down. I remember it, it hit his hands and I was like, it you did. gotta catch it. It hits your he, hand. Agreed. He should have caught it, but yeah. I also think love might've forced it in there. The only thing love did today before I finish, you know, my response to the question was he took sacks today that I thought yeah. he could have just thrown the ball away. Yeah. Um, one in particular, he had about four seconds. And then the next play is when he hit wicks over the middle on like the Aaron Rodgers esque rolling to his left fucking falling away sidearm and wicks went for like 35 it was it was an unbelievable play on on tv like it was it was amazing um but to finish my thing and and i think it again you guys aren't wrong that we've started slow this year which has caused maybe some of the play calling tendencies to really change the maybe the confidence of the offense maybe the the play calling from a defensive perspective but the fact that jordan love took the ball down four with you know, five minutes left and 
it really put them on a, in my opinion, that was a, like, that is a veteran drive, like a veteran quarterback no, yeah. drive, right? Was, very was, poised. Very poised. The yeah. touchdown to Dobbs was like exactly when we needed it. Like he took the shot when he had it. He didn't force it. He didn't, it was second down. So it wasn't like we had to go get it. And yes. I, so for me, it was closing the way we did made me believe that we're growing as a team, right? Yeah. And then obviously the last couple of weeks when the defense needed to come up with a stop, they couldn't. And and Cisco and Drew, you listen, so you might be able to answer this as well. But what did we do? last week during the manager special almost the whole time i mean it was it was the theme of the special if i if you will do you remember talk shit about the defense <laughs> well the defense but it wasn't just the defense it was Aaron jones kenny clark yeah. sean gary the, the it was the, the veterans the big, the big money players the big money players and the veterans yeah. right we talked about how the veterans need to show up and who showed up on the last drive. Well, uh, Kenny, Kenny Clark had that. Kenny Clark, right? He, on the fourth down, the guy was wide open. Or, eh, he wasn't wide open, but <laughs> they, probably would have caught it. guys wide open a lot today. Yeah. If anything, the Chargers beat themselves today. I mean, Keenan Allen dropped, dropped a wide touchdowns. open touchdown. Yeah. Well, he dropped two wide open touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Another boy, guy dropped one too, I think. The tight end Not dropped a touchdown, a, but he dropped a wide open third down. Third Johnson, down. It was the Quentin first. Johnson dropped a, Quentin Johnson a did, third down pass. Well, Quentin Johnson <laughs> dropped. Quentin Johnson dropped the touchdown to win the game, because yeah. Carrington Valentine. That that was the one play of the day. Well, I was baffled at home, and you guys may not have seen it because obviously it's much harder to see. Yeah, on the yeah. St- but Carrington Valentine stopped playing. I don't know if he thought Quentin Johnson also stopped or the play was over, but he literally stopped and Quentin Johnson hit him in the hands. Hit him in the hands. He had a touchdown. There was no doubt about it. Yeah. If when they, you go back and watch that replay, Carrington Valentine stops playing. Th- this is definitely one of those wins. Where I'm still like, I mean, I'm fucking ecstatic we got the win because we had the boys with us. You know what I mean? Like, I think when I look at the game, I'm looking at it more on a personal level than I am like at the Packer level, right? Like, yeah, we showed progression and and love looked really good today. But we did get lucky. You know what I mean? Because like you said, I mean, Kenan Allen dropping two touchdowns, Quentin Johnson dropping a for sure you said a touchdown. He also dropped a for sure third down. Uh, that was a tight. I think it was a t- the tight end. So <coughs> I think that Parnum? one was the tight end. Yeah, Parnum. I think he dropped okay. the, the first drive. Yeah. So it was like, a fourth down. It was fourth down. I mean, yeah. even Eckler's fumble, right? Like, Eckler's it, fumble is not. It, it, didn't, it didn't look like a forced fumble. Uh, yeah, it was actually. Just, was it? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Preston Smith we came saying, in. It looks like he just like stumbled and then like it was just like a messed up play. You know? No, no. He, so he stumbles and he regains and then Preston Smith comes from the side okay, and punches okay. it out. Yeah, no, but yeah. we thought that on the, uh, actually watching it because the way the camera was uh, uh, from the TV copy, their legs were in front of the ball. Mm. So I didn't even, none of, none of us here at the house knew it was a fumble until the announcer said, and it's a fumble. You couldn't mm. see the ball. Okay. So I didn't even know he fumbled. I just thought he slipped and I was like, oh, okay, we're going to third down, you know? Yeah. And well, then I obviously... Saw, I, I saw. What did we see? Did we? They were like diving to the ball or something. I was like, that's yeah, Gary. A fumble. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I was yeah. like, dude, I think that's a fumble. 
Well, and then, you know, like every play, side, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was towards us. So, like, that fumble happened, that end zone, we were behind that end zone. Oh, okay. So, like, I we were, I was watching, I was like, dude, I think he fumbled the ball. Like, I, and, you know, like, when you're at the game, you're like, you just yell, come on, interception, fumble, you know, like, you're just, like, hoping for shit. And I was like, let's fumble the ball because uh, I was playing against Eckler in fantasy. So, I'm like, I don't want him to get a touchdown. Um, but, yeah, you know, it. I, I think that, like, yeah, just to just to wrap it up to move yeah. to the next topic, that's my take on it, right? Like, I think for a young team, ending positively is a bigger confidence boost than starting quickly. Yeah, because the ending know, I, because I, the I, ending ends in a win, right? Yeah. Whereas you can start you you can start the game fast as hell, and if you end it with a dud and you lose, it yeah. doesn't matter to the players on the field, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just it, why, like, I see it as a combination thing. It is like, because we we pulled it off at the end, but I think we don't pull it off at the end if we don't start fast. And so, agreed. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but I do. I see your perspective. You know, like because like you're saying, end of the game is what you know. That you get that dub. That's what. That's what. That's what you're seeing. That's what. Well, it is, my answer also because you guys probably, obviously you've been with Drew and his boys, so like you haven't been sitting there watching post game, conf- you know, uh, interviews and things like that, right? So I got to watch Jordan Love's thing, and he says in there like somebody asked him like, "Is it good to finally get one of these?" And he goes, "I'm not gonna lie, yeah, because we've had opportunities through the, through the course of the season, and I've." I haven't taken advantage of those opportunities. So for one to finally pan out, yeah, it, it does mean a lot, you know? So I think even coming, me seeing that kind of solidifies me on my stance, right? Because when you hear a player say it, obviously you're sitting there going, oh, well, if it means more to them, then yeah, obviously yeah. you know, but, but at the end of the day, he didn't say, he wasn't asked the question the way I asked it. So it's, it's obviously, he probably would be answering it like a politician, if I'm going to be honest, like, well, they both matter. You got to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you but said, no, they're complimentary. I, I mean, there's, there's way more, there's way more stock in how you finish a game. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that any team, literally every single team would tell you that it's all about how you finish. Yeah. But I just think because of how our season has been, it's also for us, it's about how we start because we have in the, if you think about, right. And we talk about this every time, how many games have we been close, right? How, how many games have we been in? So like, if you think about all the losses we have outside of even, I guess the Vikings, we kind of lost by it enough. You know what I mean? But, uh, Vikings, but we started so slow. Yeah. But so that's what I'm saying. Like when you yeah. look at these games that we've lost by three points or four points, if, if we had started better, we probably aren't in those same situations. You know what I mean? So like, that's why I think I put more stock in, in seeing us start faster and giving that credit. You know what I mean? Cause like, I just think that it, it that's a growing pain. Like if we had that already yeah, and we maybe we, you know, I, and not that I feel like we're a, a, a playoff team or a championship team. I think we're, you know what I mean? We're still a ways away from that, but, when you look at the record, right, it, it, a couple more wins, and you're talking about the Packers are potentially in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm you know? also going to go, and I understand that the tone and the feeling and the, the even the discussion is different 
for games after we win than, than when we lose, right? It's more doom and gloom, even though we don't intend it to be when we lose. And obviously we're more optimistic when we win, but you take some of those games. I mean, they showed it on the, on the screen today. We were one in four this year going into games that were decided by three or less points. Yeah. And you switch two of those four losses, right? And now we're three and two and we beat the teams that we should have beat. We are talking about us being a playoff team. Yeah. Maybe we're talking about those rookies stepping up earlier than now, right? Yeah. Because now we're talking about is Jaden Reed our legitimate number one? Is Dontavian Wicks a legitimate, you know, threat? Is Luke Musgrave one of the better tight ends in the NFC? Is is Carrington does Carrington Valentine deserve more? You know what I mean? Like so we're talking about guys that six weeks ago people were questioning why we even drafted them. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, nobody gave these time, myself included, we didn't give these young guys time to grow. Five weeks ago, Cisco, if we go back and listen to the manager's special, half the pot is talking about how shitty the fucking offensive scheme is. But maybe that was the guys not knowing what they were doing. And we yeah. talked we talk I mean, about I, that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still reserved on it because. Well, it's for sure. Yeah, because yeah. there's still shitty scheme going on. Yeah. But I, I haven't him. seen two wide receivers in the same fucking place lately. Yeah. I still saw uh, AJ Dillon AJ, Foss or whatever. So, like. Yeah, you, you that's pointed it out. Gone. <laughs> but I guess but, my no, point in saying no, that is. Right, you, don't, you, you, you do. You have a valid point, man. You know what I mean? Like, people. Maybe they're starting to put it together. And I know, Drew, you, you mentioned that play to Musgrave where he should have had it, you said? Oh, yeah. I missed that play. They, they did that, like, wheel route outside so, Musgrave. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to – let me give you the synopsis from the TV view, right? Okay. Here's what it looked like. So, obviously, the wheel route, he started it from where a normal tight end um, lines up, right, right off the left tackle. Yeah. But in the wheel route, he initially – so, this is where – and Cisco's probably going to, uh, sorry, not Cisco, Matt's probably going to listen to this and call me a homer for it because I'm, you know, just supporting the, you know, Jordan Love can do nothing wrong, you know, according to Matt in my eyes. But um, just kidding, Matt. But but realistically, if you go back and watch that one on tape, here's what I said to Jen when they they showed the play on TV. And I said, because at first I said, oh, Jordan, you got to put a little more air into it. Then when they showed the replay, so a wheel rut, like picture it in your head, usually they kind of go out towards the sidelines and then up, right? Mm -hmm. So with Luke Musgrave on this one, he never went towards the sidelines. He literally just kind of went up on like an angle, right? Yeah. So he never really went lateral with the line of scrimmage. He kind of went on an angle towards the sidelines and then up. But what he, what he did then, for some reason, when he hit about the linebacker line, if you will, he started to kind of go towards the sideline. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, can yeah, you picture yeah, yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So essentially what he did was he he leveled the route out after Jordan Love, I think, intended that he was never going to level it out. So mm -hmm. Love put the air on it that he anticipated Luke would be at, and he ended up overthrowing him. So I think if he continues on his normal trajectory, yeah, that wasn't probably the route because Luke Musgrave didn't seem to run a wheel. It was more like a it was more like a fade. Okay. And and he kind of then leveled it out. It, it just it didn't look like a crisp route in the in. Yeah. It looked like in between a wheel and a fade. And 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 if I put myself in Jordan Love's shoes, if you're cutting up the sideline like that on an angle, I'm assuming you're gonna keep cutting up 
on and, and until you hit the numbers and then go directly up the field, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He kept he kept drifting. So that if you take well, I mean it hit his fingertip. Yeah. Oh, just yeah, barely. Yeah. Just barely, but it hit his fingertip. Now let's take five steps of him going on an angle and going directly up the seam. That's a fucking touchdown, <laughs> if I, not a, a big play. Yeah, so I, yeah, go ahead. I, I I'll be honest, what when we saw it like when we saw it at the field, right? Like I saw that and it looked like a honestly perfectly thrown ball that was just like maybe a f- foot too far, right? Like uh but ultimately, if Musgrave had like one more step, that's a touchdown. Yeah, like, and I, and what I'm saying is, if like he good. if he continues, in my opinion, his yeah. what he started with as the route, maybe not with what the route was supposed to be, mm-hmm. he has that step, in my opinion, right? So, like, <clears throat> now you can you can blame Jordan Love. Hey, you know the play, you know he's gonna probably love. Like, I don't I don't know, but that just goes back to next year that's a fucking touchdown because these guys now have played together long enough. They go back, they watch this tape and Jordan goes, Hey Luke, this is what I expected from you. And then Luke says, okay, well, this is what I did according to kind of what the play is. Right. So they kind of understand each other's minds in that moment because right as soon as Jordan released that ball, I was like, Oh fuck, this is going to be big. And even on TV, it didn't look like it it was going to be overthrown. It looked like he was going to drop it right in the bucket. And then he just never got under it. Mm-hmm. So, I think again we just talk about these young guys growing together. This is yeah. another one of those instances where you're like, they were a fucking step off. And I'll even say the same thing for the uh, Christian Watson play that he did throw it deep to him. I think it was no, it was Dobbs. Dobbs yeah. on that play. Like I get it. Jordan did underthrow him. He threw he he put too much air under it, which is seems to be his problem right now. It's almost like he's trying to finesse the deep ball in instead of just letting it rip. Yeah. But Dobbs is only in his second year. A savvy vet right there gets a pass interference 100% of the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. all you got to do is put your back foot in the ground and slow down, and that DB is running you over. And it's yeah. a fucking. Which, it, it, which goes back to what we've talked about before. Yeah. You, you just don't have the veteran presence there to teach you that. Yeah. So do, do you think with that Dobbs, with that Dobbs, right? Like, that was the only one that we saw today like that, right? But we've seen in the past with like uh, with Watson a lot, right? Where yeah. they're doing these long balls. Do you think that's more of a, uh, you know, every time we're we're under throwing these long balls, right? Which seems to be common, right? Uh, do you think that's more of a timing issue, or can Love not get it there? You know, no, I mean? Love has the arm to get it there. I think it's a confidence issue. Like, okay, I think it's a perfectionist issue. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like as a thrower of the like coming out of college, we talked about this, Cisco, and, and I'm sure you've listened to it, Drew, but yeah. we've talked about coming out of college. He was said to have the strongest arm of that draft. Yeah. That play today wasn't more than 35 yards downfield. Yeah. Like I guarantee this dude could whip it 55, 60 yards if he if he let it go. The mm-hmm. problem is I think he's trying to literally hand it in there like right so he's trying to like finesse it in there and it's sort of like the way i've understood it and the way i've watched like pro quarterbacks i don't remember his name but he does like uh, he does a youtube channel he's like the quarterback coach or something and he's talked about 
the problem with young quarterbacks coming into the league is they try to make every throw instead of just trusting their talent and their instincts. So they're trying to like finesse it in there as opposed to just trusting their arm. Yeah. So instead of overthrowing him by 20, they're trying to make sure they're giving their guy an opportunity. Cause, cause you could argue the touchdown to Dobbs. And I think Matt said it on the, on the, in the group chat. So shout out to Matt. He, he says, you know, he underthrew Dobbs a little bit. And I, I'll, I'll co-sign that. He did underthrow Dobbs a little bit. He could have put that probably another four, four yards in the end zone and made it an easier catch. But at the end of the day, my argument was he's trying to give his guy an opportunity. If you overthrow him by 15 yards, you're not, you're not allowing a pass interference. You're not allowing yeah. an opportunity yeah. for a catch. So <clears throat> I think that's just growing pains of having a first-year starter – so that's a long answer to say, I don't think it's arm strength. I think it's, and it might not even be confidence. It's maybe he has a lot of pressure on him to make the perfect play every play. And it's causing him to not trust his instincts as much. Yeah. But, and, but we didn't see, you don't see it as much when in the games that we start fast. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? So like, I think that, Again, like what you said makes a lot of sense. Like he's kind of just like for you know what I mean. He he's trying to force a play. He's trying to make the most perfect play, and then like by doing that, he makes it worse than it would. You know what I mean? Like it, like there's plays where he 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 zips it when he should put air on it, or yep. You know what I mean? He puts air on it when he should zip it, and it's like or he takes he, sacks, or yeah, he in in these situations when we've started fast you don't see these as much it covers that up you guys probably don't remember it because being i've been to games man you it's hard to remember instances or plays because you don't get to see the replay the way you don't get to see how like the analysts break it down but there was another play in the first half that i think i think cements why i feel this way and it I don't know who it was to, but it ended up being an incompletion. It was to Wicks, and he overthrew him. He overthrew him by, like, quite a bit. But he had him wide open. You know what he did on that play? He did the old Brett Favre. Threw the ball, never really planted his back leg, threw it, and immediately started retreating. Like, as he was throwing it, he was already retreating, which means he's not trusting his – his off, he's not trusting his uh, back foot to just plant and go, you know? So he's, to me, that's all arm. There's no, like, you're not going through the motions, right? There's no technique to that. You're just ripping the ball. And he overthrew him by probably six yards. Yeah. And when he does plant that back foot, like the, like the throw to Dobbs, yet the touchdown to Dobbs, I'll even argue was one yard, if one yard underthrown. If it's if it's another yard, it's a fuck. It's the best ball he's thrown all year. Yeah, like and Dobbs obviously the way I don't he know, catch- man. He had that over the that the uh, to read. Yeah, that over yeah, the that was or whatever. That I don't was know, the one to dis- Dobbs that was that against was that against Vegas. I, I'm going more off of something that traveled over 20 yards. Okay, you okay. know, not that back shoulder. I think against Vegas was fucking that, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know which one you're talking about—the one in the back of the end zone. Yeah. Yeah, that one probably did travel 20 yards, but but I got a pretty cool stat for you guys, and I'd like to hear you guys, your guys' thoughts on it because obviously, before I get into the stat, we think 
Jordan Love was the player of the game today. The way we're kind of yeah. this this manager special is going, right? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Other than Jordan Love, before I get into this interesting Jordan Love stat, so that we don't just spend the next 15 minutes talking about Jordan Love because we just spent the last 15, who was your player on offense other than Jordan Love that that shined, in your opinion? Reed. Reed, hands down. Yeah, I liked him today. I'm going to go a little little different. I, I, would, I would say Wicks. Yeah. Me too. And I know Wicks had a drop, but remember that stat I shared with you, Cisco, that Wicks is like one of the top five. I was telling Andrew this at, at the game today. Yeah. He's so, the top three. Top uh, three. Who were the other two? It was like Tyreek Hill and. It was like Tyreek Hill and uh, the dude from the Eagles, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. So <laughs> against man-to-man coverage this year, the Dontavian Wicks has the third best open like percentage separation. in the league. Separation in yeah. the league. Wow. He had a drop today that did kind of kill us. I was pretty upset about it. But what we saw today, and Cisco and I talked about it last manager's special, is stop focusing on Watson and just mm-hmm. play football. And we saw what happens when you spread the ball around, right? Our offense looked extremely dynamic today getting the ball to wicks across the middle getting the re- getting the ball to read in the backfield or w- w- you know on the edge getting the ball to dobbs downfield or even dobbs for that seven yard out that he just seemed to catch every single time man how about even like getting it to craft and like musgrave played a big role like i mean yeah he threw it to 10 different receivers you know? and like, then at great. the end of the day when you're not focusing on number nine who comes open for a wide open touchdown? Yeah, number nine. nine. <laughs> so, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yeah, he's yeah. been double, he's been double covered just as much as any wide receiver in the league this year because teams were going off of the offense and loves tendencies. Yeah. Well, today he said, "I'm not going to do that. I'm going to attack whoever the fuck is there," and it works out, right? So I think which today, is, which is smart because against a team whose secondary has been giving up, I I, I believe. On my fantasy app, they give up uh, 42 points per game to receivers, like total. And that's, like, by far, like, one of the worst in the league. So, clearly, their secondary is pretty trash. They are bad. They're the 31st worst, 31st yeah. ranked pass defense. But that doesn't change the fact that against bad defenses, we still seem to struggle. Yeah, but no, but right? I, no, I, I, I bring that up to say that we actually exploited something for in the middle of the field. Holy right. shit! Finally, yeah, and, and and the reason that like we exploited it by not forcing everything to Watson. Yeah, I think I took agree. What was it, available? We took what was available, and then at the end of the day, Watson ended up coming wide open on a play that is, I think, more designed for him. And I got a pretty cool thing on that play based off of what somebody brought a tablet to LaFleur on the sideline and said, watch this. This is what they've been doing. And he literally drew drew up that play prior to the drive that Watson scored on. Cause they said every time somebody goes across the middle, the safety doesn't go with them and the corner follows. Well, he goes, okay, well, I'm going to put fucking number nine there. 
no, not, there isn't a corner in the league that can keep up with him. So I'm yeah. going to send him across the middle. And next thing you know, it's a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So when I read that, I was like, holy fuck, a coach does actually uh, make changes. <laughs> but, but the other thing was, uh, it was pretty cool that Love trusted him, right? Yeah. Like, hey, this guy's going to put me in a position to be successful. And, and really, I think on even on the TV screen, Watson was way more open than I think it looked. Like when they showed the, the top down view, I was like, oh, my God, he had like seven yards, not like three. Um, it was just a, it, that that route was the same route against the Cowboys last year. If you guys remember the third touchdown of Christian Watson's three touchdown game. Oh, uh, I'd have to go back and look at that. I don't so, remember, yeah, I don't, I don't, shit, I, I, I remember he had a three touchdown game. I didn't even remember it was against the Cowboys. It was. He had the deep one, the one over across the middle, and I don't remember the third one or the the, the middle one. Um. So I got a pretty cool stat for you guys, and I kind of want to know your guys' thoughts on it. Um, I don't know the exact numbers because I can't find the stat now, but in the first, with the exception of the last two games, so what are we, four and five? Four and six? Yeah. So we're four and six. Four and six, yeah. So the first eight games, Love was the worst thrower of the football of over 15 yards, right? Yeah, I remember that. In the last two games, he has 15 completions – of over 20 yards, and he's the number one quarterback wow. in, in plays of 20 yards or more or something like that. Maybe it was 15 of over 15. What do you guys attribute that to? I mean, it, it, it might just be them kind of getting in their groove, right? Like, I mean, we've talked – like, it's no secret our entire wide receiving core is brand new, right? Like – Loves a, a first-year guy really starting. So, like, might just be a matter of, hey, we needed to actually get that timing down. We need to actually get used to what we're expecting, you know? Like, also, I think there's also a piece of it. Our, the defenses we played against the last two weeks, like, I mean, just to be a little pessimist here, right? Like, haven't been the greatest, right? Which I don't think is a bad thing either. It, it allows our young guys to get some success, get the ball rolling a little bit which is good, you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think more so it's, it's probably them just kind of like finding their groove a bit, you know, like it's taken a bit. Yeah. I guess my rebuttal to that would be these two games, 100% outside of Packer fans were losses, right? Like these are two teams that nobody said we should be able to compete with them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I so did. like I said it today. Well, yeah, but you said, <laughs> You I also said, in the said group chat today. You also said uh, we were gonna go thirteen and four, but hey, man, you can't win them all. <laughs> you can't win them all, bro. So, Cisco, what would you say it is? Would you agree with uh, with Drewski on that one? Yeah, you know, it's I let him. I yeah, I, I let him talk first, you know, because I was I wanted, you know, he's our special guest. Give him, let him give his take. But I do, I agree with that. I think that now, you know, uh, we're we're in week, week eleven. Some guys are starting to put things together. You know, they're starting to show uh, Musgrave is starting to show why we drafted him where we did. Reed is starting to show why we drafted him where we did. Uh, Wicks is starting to prove everybody that he was the steal of the draft because I, I there was a couple articles that had him as one of the steals of the draft. Um, 
and you know, I think it, it's also, it's also the coaching, right? I, I have to give them a little bit of credit in these last couple games, or at least today, to say, hey, recognize that we're forcing when we force the offense through Christian Watson, we don't do so well. So maybe let's take off that pressure and say, hey, take what, take, take what, maybe that, and again, I don't know shit. I'm not in the fucking coaching room. I'm not in, in Matt LaFleur's office in the conference room or whatever, you know, wherever they have their fucking meetings. But I feel like it's, it's, he came out and said, you know what? Let's not force it through Watson. Hey, love, maybe he told love, hey, just take what, take what they give you. This is one of the worst uh, secondaries in the league. They give up, you know, the most passing yards in the league. Just take what they give you because they're going to give you something. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I, but, but I, I, I more, I would align more with what Drew said and that maybe they're just starting to put it together. Cause like you even said it today, you're not seeing two receivers in the same spot. Right. Yeah. You know, you're guys. I mean, yeah, we have drops. I think that's something that you work through with a young receiving core, but Wicks, right. Sitting in the middle of the field, wide open, not, not, you know, spazzing out and trying to run somewhere, just saying, hey, I'm in a fucking pocket. I'm just going to sit here. I'm open. If he finds me, he finds me. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Even last week, right, he had that play where you're like, oh, how did he fall down? But it's just like, hey, sit in that area, get that fucking catch, man, get that first down, and, and we can keep going. So I do I do credit it to the guys putting it together with a sprinkle of, of the coaching realizing, hey, man, maybe this, you know, take what take what they give you. Don't force it. It's different when you have Devontae Adams. You can force that shit because yep. that's what you're supposed to do. When you have a Justin Jefferson, an A.J. Brown, a Keenan Allen, right, that you're supposed to do. Mike Evans, you're supposed to do that shit. You're supposed to give those guys 10, 12, 14 targets a game. But when you got a guy that's not showing that he's there yet, you got to take a step back from it and say, hey, take what they give you. If Wicks is open – yeah, 90-something yards. I mean, three catches, but still, 90-something yards. That means he made big plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I, so yeah, before I, I, lean, we, yeah. I lean towards that. I, I agree with both of you. I'm not going to belabor that fact. It, it, it's about them coming together and becoming now more comfortable, more Jordan Love maybe becoming more confident in the actual offense. So I'm going to throw out a few stats, and then we'll get to uh, the – I think we only have two questions from the same person today, but I, I want to throw some stats that I think are really interesting that kind of just to think about for the rest of the year. Since the Rasul Douglas trade, Carrington Valentine has six pass breakups. Twelve rookies in the history of the NFL have started two or more games for a team. Twelve, sorry. 12 seventh-round rookies in the history of the NFL have played – no. Okay, let me start over. 12 <laughs> seventh-round rookies have played a snap in the NFL this season. Two of them have started the last two games for the Packers. Only 12 have played a snap. Two of them started. And that's Carrington Valentine and the safety uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. Thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then the last one – I want to throw out there, and this one makes my heart warm, because, uh, one, shout out to Aaron Jones. He uh, Right now they're saying he avoided a major injury, which I don't care if he doesn't – I do care if he plays another snap for the Packers. I don't – 
we've talked about he's probably not long-term, but at the end of the day, I still think he's one of the greatest Packers, in my opinion, as a person and as a player to ever play. But I thought this was pretty cool. He said this after the game. 13 minutes left in the fourth, I went out there. Even though they told me to stay back in the locker room, I realized it was only AJ in the game. So I had to go out there to get in his ear and be there for the offense. I knew that if they saw me, it would kind of lighten it up some. He's a man. He's, he's, that is the dude, he's man. Your, he's your, he's the guy. He's just a football guy. You know, he's I mean? the epitome of what you would think a football player is. That's him. And you know what I mean? Like the attitude. And here's why I, I honestly would not mind if he played another year in Green Bay. I know it would cost us a lot of money. I know he's probably closer to the tail end of his career, just with his age and, and the way running backs work. But if he retires a Green Bay Packer, I'm good with it. But without further ado, let's get to the questions. We'll do this round robin. The first question from Cody. Wait, he has, can, yeah. can I give a shout out to my man, Carl Brooks? Yeah, but we talked about that a couple weeks ago, right? Like we thought the game, we thought, no, I know, but we thought the game (laughs) against the Rams, remember? Like they would see more clock and then they got no, they got nothing last week. So again, what are we doing? Put my man Carl out there. Hey, Carl Brooks, my boy, your boy. boy. So for this first question from Cody, he, uh, he sent us two. So the first one, I'm going to start with Andrew. And then Cisco and then me. And then for the last one, I'll do Cisco, Andrew, then me. And then uh, we'll have Cisco wrap the pot up. Sound good? Yeah. Yep. All right. So the first one, would you say the draft favors the O-line or the D-line in the first round next season? I, I You know, I, I feel like they, they have too many assets, young assets on defense. Like, I feel like they got to go offensive line. I mean, really, like, we, we need some of these young guys to, pro- like, just progress. I don't think it, it makes sense to kind of, like, really just keep <laughs> grinding at getting these young guys in and spending a lot of capital on the, the defensive line. Like, offensive line, we, we need it, you know. Bach isn't – I don't – I mean, Bach's done, right? So. Uh, All right, Cisco, what do you think? I would agree. I think, like Drew said, we've invested – you got Devontae Wyatt, uh, you got Lucas Van Ness, you got Colby Wooden, Carl Brooks, and I know these are young guys, or you know some of them later. TJ Slayton. TJ Slayton is still he's a young guy as we just as I discovered. Well, Sean Gary, we just uh, invested in. Yeah, so I think that at this point, when you look at the makeup of the roster, um, the to me the if we're going alignment we have to target offensive line because again, like Drew just said, box most likely done. Uh, while they say Myers is playing the best uh, ball of his career, that doesn't necessarily equate to being adequate. Um, Runyon has had his ups and downs. Um, you know, Rashid Walker, again, he's a young guy thrown into the fire, but he's not, quite looking like the guy, you know, Yash is not, you know what I mean? So like, I think if we're going to look at something on the, on the line side, it's gotta be the offensive line. 
Yeah, so I'm going to throw some – first off, I agree with both of you, and I, I agree that it's got to be offensive line with this caveat that I thought was pretty interesting, and I meant to send it to the group chat earlier. Based off of analytics, the Green Bay Packers have the number four offensive line in the entire NFL this year, which to me was shocking because I did not think that. Uh, I thought they've been very shaky, so I was thinking probably middle of the pack, no pun intended. But, yeah, number four. And then a second thing is it all depends on where the pick falls. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it falls in the middle of the round, if the middle of the first round, then, yes, I think you go interior offensive line. If it falls in the top ten, you have to pick a tackle if you're going offensive line. You have to. You don't pick a guard or a center in the top ten. Yeah. You just, you just don't. So I think this question is twofold in – it's hard to answer now because we don't really know how the season's going to end and we don't know what's going to happen on the injury thing. Like, God forbid we suffer a major injury to one of those guys you just said. May, you know, uh, a Van Ness or a Gary or Kenny Clark or something to that extent, then, then you probably got to go defensive line. Yeah. Because a major injury to Kenny Clark probably ends his career as a Green Bay Packer with a $22 million cap hit next year maybe more. And yeah, I do agree, but I, I do agree that you got to let these young, you've invested so much money in the defense and draft cap, not money, but draft capital in the defense in the last five, six years that you got to go offensive line with Bakhtiari more than likely never playing another down for the green Bay Packers. Yeah. So, and, and I think it's, I do think it's left tackle as much as Rasheed Walker has shown some promise this year. He's too inconsistent to say that's the future of the, the left tackle for the Green Bay Packers, in my opinion. And it, it's not because he's not talented. It's because he's inconsistent. Yeah. Zach Tom's the future right tackle for this team. Elton Jenkins is the future left guard. Unfortunately, unless we draft one in the second round, Josh Myers is the future center for at least the next year. But that doesn't say that we can't go out and get a tackle and have Rashid Walker as a good backup. Cause Yash Nyman is on a tender year, which means he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Yeah. He'll be gone. And he's proven that he's not the answer to left tackle. So I agree with you guys a hundred percent. It's, it's gotta be left tackle. If the season ended today and we had a top 10 pick. All right. So the second question from Cody Back to you, Cisco, is how does Aaron, and I believe he's talking about Aaron Jones, how does Aaron Jones's injury affect his usage for the remainder of this season? Well, I mean, me and Andrew were talking about this at the game. I feel like his usage today was very minimal, and even before he got hurt. <clears throat> and I think that with how Matt LaFleur has handled uh, Aaron Jones's injuries this year, I think that I, I kind of I don't know how se severe the injury is. They say he avoided a major injury, but that could still be mean... MCL or LCL. So it could... yeah, and that and that doesn't mean you can't go on IR. You know what I mean? Like because uh, what is it? You know you got to miss four games. Um, I think it definitely the again and then Wilson getting hurt right, which Matt pointed out looked like a maybe a torn pec. I don't know what they said about him. Shoulder now. He, uh, shoulder. So, so the injury was he had a dislocated shoulder. They were able to pop it back in, but the pain was too much. So 
it could be long term. I don't know. I don't really yeah. know how that works, but he could have some torn ligaments in there. But yeah, so that was a dislocated shoulder, not a pec. Okay. So So he so avoided that major injury because yeah. that's a year. Yeah. And so I think <clears throat> I think that it's gonna negatively impact Aaron Jones' usage, especially if we don't win games. Right? Like if we're not in a position to make the playoffs, then why why would you expend his talent and his health at at the at that risk when you're not you know what I mean you're not really playing for anything you don't need to you don't need him to prove anything to you you know what he brings to the table so it's not like you got this young guy like Emmanuel Wilson right i would say oh you're probably going to try to play him cuz you want to see what he's got cuz you're talking about the future now we already know what Aaron Jones brings to the table yeah. So you're not going to overuse him in unnecessary situations. So, in my opinion, I think it negatively impacts his usage and it brings it down. Yeah, and, and like, I would say my – I mean, everything Cisco said, I, I would agree with. And then I also think there's a certain part – like, I know we've seen a lot of A.J. Dillon. I'm not sure if he's our next, you know, all the time. You know, three-down running back guy. But, like uh, – I, I think there's a bit like we're not gonna rush Jones back. I mean, let's let's run out and, and see if Dylan can catch a stride and, and see what we can really do with him, you know, as like that premier running back. Um and and we're not ex- we it's not like we have true like truly like Super Bowl you know, that's not in our in our in our sight this year, you know. So yeah, I, I feel like we're trying to it would make sense not to rush Jones back. He's at the tail end of his career. Let's see what Jones has. I mean, uh, let's see what Dylan has, whatever that is, you know, uh, go from there. Yeah. So this one's kind of difficult because we don't know the severity of it. Cause if it is an MCL or an LCL, that's still a four to six week injury, which means he's going to be placed on IR and he may come back at the end of the year. And by that time, like the season, maybe all but wrapped up. So I think it's usage, no matter what is going to go down based off the historics of the Green Bay Packers and and people that are injured, right? They don't rush people back from injury. I mean, we're seeing it right now with Jair Alexander. Um, So I think no matter what his usage goes down, but I think it'll be telling if it does come back that there was no structural damage at all, which would be amazing that if they don't really bring him back, then maybe they are looking to, hey, we need him for next year, right? Mm-hmm. It could be. It could be not. It could be respect for the player. Yeah. Hey, we want to make sure that you're healthy next year because you're not going to be a Green Bay Packer. Yeah. We want you to go out on the market and have a chance to, to sign with somebody as opposed to rushing you back and then you suffering something bigger. Um, what I think will be telling, no matter what, is what we do in that room. Patrick Taylor right now is on the practice squad for the New England Patriots which means if we told him today that we would sign him to the active roster, we don't have to give the Patriots anything. He can just leave the practice squad. Yeah. So they can also upgrade him to the regular roster tomorrow and fuck us over. But also the Patriots are, don't think they're really in a position to do that. And, or, you know, they gain nothing out of it because the trade deadlines passed. So at yeah. the end of the day, I mean, you just lose it. It's not like Patrick Taylor's like a. Well, and he's, and they're not playoff bound right the Patriots aren't that good so I don't I do foresee us actually going out and signing Patrick Taylor this this week 
mainly because he knows the offense. Yeah. Um, I could see that. Yeah. Which I don't, I don't dislike Patrick Taylor. I think he'd be a good number two behind AJ Dillon for, for what we, what the options are, right? Cause our options are extremely limited. So I think no matter what the usage for Aaron Jones goes down, just because one, he means too much to the organization as a person for them to just rush him out because he's not a future Packer, right? Yeah. Two, he may be in the plans for the Packers in the future. So, hey, let's not – we know this year is kind of one of those years that we're going to kind of gel as an offense and figure out what we have as a defense and then kind of get back to the drawing board. Obviously, they try to win every game. That's what they're there to do. But at the end of the day – I don't see Aaron Jones really seeing the field much this year. Yeah. We may have seen the last of him as a Green Bay Packer, which is in my opinion. I mean, that's a very, I think that's a very realistic. I think it's more realistic than us bringing. I think is there's less of a chance that Aaron Jones is a future Packer than there is a David Bakhtiari. And that's a hot take, but I think David Bakhtiari sees the sunset and what, I don't know if a team's going to give him five, six million to be their tackle. Whereas I think we could potentially see him re-signing with Green Bay for a much lower deal. Yeah. Um, but Aaron Jones still could probably get six, seven, eight million on the market as opposed to a veteran minimum. Because we, I mean, we do that, right? We we lowball the shit out of guys. Yeah. We're not going to keep yeah. a thirty-year-old Aaron Jones for 16, 16 millions is cap hit next year. That's an absolute no. Yeah. Um. Not if you're not on the field. But if they cut his contract, yeah. so if they cut him, they're not going to bring him back for five mil. They're going to bring him back for two and a half, you know? Yeah. And I think he can get more than that on the open market if he's healthy. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my take on it. But at the end of the day, uh, I, I think he goes – I'm sad. I'm really sad that he was the guy today. Yeah, because Me too. Me too. I love that guy, man. Just what I said to you guys before the questions, like him coming out of the locker room when the fucking whole training staff is like, dude, you might have a torn ACL. Like, sit down. Like, no, I got to go be out there with my boys, you know? Yeah. And then even his, like, post-game, you know, presser at his at his locker room when he said, like, this year's been hard. I haven't caught many breaks, but I finally caught one today because, I mean, the tests they do, and I can say this because of my, my knee, you know, um, I haven't done another MRI since my knee surgery, but they say my ACL is extreme. Like it's stronger than the other one. Mm-hmm. So they can test your eight. Like the, if your ACL is intact, right? Yeah. The first time I met my surgeon pre MRI, he was like, yeah, you have a torn ACL. I was like, uh, what? Cause they do, it's called the Lachman test. Like if there's no, if there's structural damage, there's nothing there to pull it back. So they can tell, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have a minor tail of the tail of his ACL, which is still, a, it's a significant injury to us bums, but maybe not to a professional athlete. Yeah. But, but when we're talking significant, are we talking a year or are we talking six weeks? Cause to me, a six week injury is pretty significant in a, in a 19, in an 18 week season, uh, 18 week yeah, season. That's a third of the season. And what did you yeah. guys think that's pretty significant? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I get what they're saying, right? A torn ACL is a year out. I got it. That is a major, majorly significant injury. But to me, a torn MCL is pretty significant. But I I, I think also, like, the one thing with Jones, like, I feel for him as, like, just as a fan. And, I mean, he's one of my favorite Packers, too. So, like, 
But I think if I think if our season was going differently, right? Like say we were just like running and gunning, we're clearly in the playoff spot, and then we lose Jones, then I'm looking like, I mean, damn, like two weeks out and I'm bummed, you know, like six weeks out, you're definitely like shit. You're you're losing your top back, you know, like this year I'm kind of looking at it more like I mean, I don't really expect us to be in the playoffs. I'm feeling more for him as a person than I am on the field. You know, like I, I just, I hope he gets back. I don't really care if he plays anymore this year. You know, like I just want him healthy. You know. Yeah, I think, I think my biggest like, I'm sad for him as a human being. Yeah, and yeah, like, he's a if, good dude, he's a good if, dude. If this is his last snap as a Packer. That makes me sad, right? Like, I want to see him, even if, like, we, we we realize the situation that we're in as a team. Like, we probably were not going to the Super Bowl this year. Like, we're realistic in that. But, so him going out on top like that, obviously probably wasn't happening this year in Green Bay. But he could go out on his own terms, you know? Yeah. Like, healthy. And, and if he doesn't play again this year, that I'll be sad about that. Because... I don't feel like he really got to close his chapter with the Green Bay Packers the way I think fans and him would have really wanted. Yeah. Cause it's hard it's hard when you don't when you don't get to go out your own way, you know? But we don't know that maybe that's not maybe this is not how it ends, you know? No, and that's why I, I'm saying like I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back. Like he's pretty goddamn loyal. Maybe he does sign. Maybe he's like, Hey, I got my money. I wanna be here. Yeah. And at the end of the day, AJ Dillon, uh, Drew, I agree with you. AJ Dillon is not the future number one back of this team. And him coming up on free agency probably means he's gone. So do you want another rookie backfield on top of your multitude of number two and three year players (laughs) at your other skill positions? Yeah. So, like, maybe you do bring Aaron Jones back for four to five mil because he's the vet in the locker room that's going to keep things going I, I don't know I don't know I, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting offseason to see what they do with some of these high profile players that make a lot of money but are also going up in age like a Preston Smith a David Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones uh fuck I mean I'm gonna throw Jair in there, Jair in there at this point mm-hmm. because he's been a really poor corner this year when he's on the field yeah, but that's for another day. This manager special's gone long. Yeah, it was a fun one though. Glad oh, to no, have you, yeah, Drew. Definitely, definitely was cool. Oh my bad. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, Drew. Really glad to have you. Uh, glad to hear you're doing well. Glad to hear the, the boys are doing well. Glad to hear the boys got a win at Lambo. Cisco was banned, by the way. So I don't know how you got him in there. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, well, we, we snuck him in. Yeah. Man, you ain't sneaking Cisco in nowhere. <laughs> You know, it was weird when he was like, hey, man, just like put on this big trench coat and carry me on your shoulders. I, was like, I had the same oh, Charles yeah, Woodson yeah. jersey on that I had at the, in Vegas. So I don't know how they didn't boo you guys, boo you out of the stadium, but no, it was bro, good to see you get. They, they welcomed me. They're like, that's that's our charm, man. That's our lucky charm. And I was like, yeah. This dude wanted to do like the, the Muppets uh, trench coat, like sne- sneak in thing, you know, like. Uh, they, Can't sneak me anywhere, yeah. man. Yeah, and De- uh, but- Declan was on his shoulders with the, with his yeah, head out. Yeah. And they're like, man, that's a big-ass kid. <laughs> <laughs> he was ordering beers. It was weird. Man. We 
Well, he's got a beer belly. He's got to be old enough. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, give the kid another Vizzy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you get Vizzy bellies. I thought it was beer bellies. Uh, but, no, but, but, but yeah, go ahead. go ahead. No, I'll let you wrap it up. No, I was going to say, but yeah, before we wrap up, I want to give a, a shout out to, to Dave. My brother-in-law's birthday was yesterday. Uh, so shout out to Dave. And oh, then that's, I also, that's, uh, that's the one that lives in England, right? Yes, that's my yeah, shout brother-in-law out. that I got. Hey, oi, mate, or something. I don't know. He made fun of my accent last <laughs> he did, time. Yeah, so. he did. He was thankful for your horrible accent. Yeah, uh, hello, mate. Hello, he mate. Because like, I got him a shout-out on the pod that day, but I'm going to give him another shout-out today. And yeah, shout-out, Dave. I want to shout-out uh, Marquette High School, Division One football state champs. I watched the game on Friday. They dominated Franklin, and uh, – they, they look really good, and it was cool to see them win. So shout out to them, state champs. Uh, but that's all, that's all I got. I got one last shout out, and it's to Drew, Declan, and Grant. Thank you all for coming on the pod. Thank you for coming to the 414 Deli and sharing a, a sparkling water with me. <laughs> yeah, guys. We loved it. And you know what? Shout out to you guys. We, we listen every episode. Love it. So thank you guys for doing this. It's Fun to be on this side of the mic for sure. All right, boys. Well, we play. Hey, we got we got we got football and wait, no, is it touchdowns in Turkey on Thursdays, y'all? Touchdowns in Turkey. That's a big game, bro. I know that we're not making the playoffs, but never want to lose to a division opponent twice. It would be nice to beat them on Thanksgiving. That's all. It would. Hey, it'll make my turkey taste that much better. Hey, wishbone. Get that turkey. Get that wishbone. Hey. All right. Well, till next time, expect a manager special over your guys' Thanksgiving break. All right, man. I'll holler at you. All right. Peace. Peace.